Well, good evening, America. It is 7 p.m. It's Thursday, the first day of October, and this is Queer News Tonight, the world's first live LGBTQ daily evening news. It's time to queer up the news. Watch as we bring you these and other stories from the LGBTQ headlines. Trump's support of Proud Boys is greatest attack on LGBTQ communities since Stonewall riots. Stand by. And the real debate and what's really important to the LGBTQ America, Walmart Plus versus Amazon Prime. In the big finish, we discuss European court rules. Subway's bread doesn't fit statutory definition of bread. And the Grand Old Opry turns 95. Beer, rednecks, and banjos. How does the LGBTQ community react? Mm, beer and banjos. Wow. No, 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 no. Afraid of Trump? Dozens of countries want LGBTQ Americans to become citizens. And tonight on Gay Town Hall, the largest collection of LGBTQ personalities from across America discuss this week's most important topics. So good evening, America. It is 7 p.m. Thursday, October 1st, 2020. It is time to queer up the news. We are literally out of the closet and into the headlines. So many of your stories we're going to tell this evening on Queer News Tonight. Tonight on the world's first live daily queer evening news show. Tonight's news about the gay community and the news from an LGBTQ perspective. Are our gay stories important to you? In headlines, politics, entertainment, gay culture, travel, religion, and more. Reported by respected anchors. Out of the closet and into the headlines on Q News Tonight. Thank you for joining Queer News Tonight. We are live. This is an unedited LGBTQ evening news show, so anything can happen this evening. We bring you the news and a perspective from the LGBTQ community. I'm your anchor, Al Ferguson, and these are my co-anchors, David Hopkins, and our special guest, Joe Tohar, who is a physician assistant at Midway Specialty Care. And of course, you know that name because of Dr. Howard Grossman with us on Tuesday night. Let's queer up the news. Tonight we begin with queer headlines. The LGBTQ community in America is diverse, while the LGBTQ community around the world is vast. And we bring you the bullet points of queer news for today, Thursday, October 1st, 2020. We begin by queering up the USA and reporting Trump's support of Proud Boys, the Proud Boys, is the greatest attack on LGBTQ community since the Stonewall riots. Stand by. Are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups yeah. and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland? Sure, Are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically that, do it? Well, I, go would ahead, say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing, not from the right so wing. So what, what, what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. Do you want to call them? What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white name. White supremacists and right boys. Proud boys. 
stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left, because this is not a right wing problem. That the LGBTQ community is facing the biggest attack on our community since the police attacks that resulted in the Stonewall riots of 1969. This gigantic fear was not caused by the Proud Boys pushing their homophobic and transphobic views, but rather the endorsement of them from the President of the United States, Donald Trump. Tuesday's debate has received worldwide attention when Joe Biden and Fox News anchor Chris Wallace tried to get Trump to reject white supremacist groups like the Proud Boys. He chose not to by claiming leftist extremist groups were a far greater danger, which actually proved his racist tendencies. Getting far less attention is that this hate group, as identified by the FBI, Southern Poverty Law Center, and the Anti-Defamation League, is also waging a violent war on the LGBTQ community. The Proud Boys have been involved in multiple anti-LGBTQ violent incidents in multiple cities in New York, Oregon, and Colorado. Groups like the Proud Boys and right-wing militia groups protested the many statewide stay-at-home orders. The Michigan chapter of the Proud Boys, a so-called Western chauvinist group that has pushed transphobic, racist, and sexist rhetoric, encourages members to commit acts of violence. Recently attended by a lockdown protest in Lansing, Michigan, along with the Michigan Liberty Militia, which has frequently pushed views of white nationalist groups like Patriot Front. In December last year, the Proud Boys brother organization, Michigan Liberty Militia's Facebook page, posted a, quote, heterosexual pride month meme that depicted a family holding an umbrella over their heads to prevent LGBTQ pride colors from touching them. Journalists and anti-fascist activists have also spotted other right-wing groups at these protests, including organizers at last year's Boston Straight Pride Parade and a member of the National Socialist Movement in Ohio. The National Socialist Movement, an anti-Semitic and racist group, attended Detroit's Motor City Pride Festival last year, where they made Nazi salutes and tore apart pride flags. The Boston Straight Pride organizers' Facebook posts have also included anti-LGBTQ memes and references to Chilean doc, uh, dictator Augusto Pinochet, who killed political dissidents by throwing them from helicopters. A substantial portion of its followers endorse homophobic views, specifically the idea that marriage equality is a ploy to push for open pedophilia, a common anti-gay trope. Uh, Cassie Miller, senior research analyst for the Southern Poverty Law Center, said many white nationalist groups like these push for traditional notions of the family, which they believe will help restore and revitalize the nation. For them, gay and trans people represent degeneracy and are therefore viewed as a threat. Anti-LGBTQ sentiment is implicit in their belief that the nation needs to be purified. Casey Miller of the Southern Poverty Law Center said, that the Proud Boys have a long history of using anti-LGBTQ slurs. She said, they are extremely transphobic and have referred to trans people as mentally ill gays. They too are hyper-focused on restoring lost masculinity to which, to which trans people in their minds pose a threat. Miller provides understanding of Trump's embracement of this and other extremist hate groups that wish to bring violence against the LGBTQ community. 
These gatherings were the perfect platform for the Proud Boys and groups like them to make the case that they will, of a small minority of Americans, the hyper-individualistic patriots who attend these rallies, should supersede democratic processes and that individual desires should trump the collective good. And this is exactly what Trump intended when he would not reject the Proud Boys and actually encourage them when he said, quote, stand back and stand by. This is the first time in history that a president of the United States has encouraged support of an FBI-watched LGBTQ hate group. It answers the fundamental question in this election on Donald Trump's claim that he is the most pro-LGBTQ president in history. It's a lie. And now his words prove he is as dangerous as the Proud Boys and other fascist groups against the LGBTQ community. One of the most disgusting things about this story is Trump and other Republicans' rhetoric that Antifa is a group, it's a movement. You know, the, the first anti-fascist stormed Normandy to take out Hitler, uh, but that's a different story. Um, fascism's bad. Why are they supporting it? I, I will never get that. What I don't understand is why we can't stand by the LGBTQ community. Why does he ask these people who are degenerates in pretty much any way that you can possibly describe to stand by him? You tell me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you are. Literally this man has multiple people around him fired and um, incarcerated for multiple offenses. This man is not to be trusted. You know, he justifies, even to get to the answer that he ultimately resorts to in the debate, he justifies all of the activity that he thinks is going on in the left and that it is overwhelming. I think that's totally irrelevant. Let's even grant it's true. It's not, but just grant that it's true. The President of the United States is supporting a FBI-watched hate group that is exhibiting hate and violence against the LGBTQ community. And he asked them to stand by. For what? And how can you be embracing as the greatest LGBT embracing president in history when your thugs are in the background? It is a lie and you proved it Tuesday. Now the only question is what does it take to make America vote on November 3rd. Yeah. Next, we queer up business. The real debate and what's really important to LGBTQ America, Walmart Plus versus Amazon Prime. Watch this. Add Walmart Plus for $12.95 a month or 98 bucks a year, Walmart Plus offers unlimited free delivery. Sound familiar? Amazon Prime offers the same service for a similar monthly cost or $119 a year. To find out how these services compare, I'm going to shop using one grocery list at Walmart Plus and Amazon's two grocery services, Fresh and Whole Foods. Milk, eggs, bread, meats, ice cream, snacks, fruit, and laundry supplies. Gotta get the milk. Walmart's got our tortilla chips. Walmart substituted four out of the 12 items we ordered, including a chuck roast instead of the ribeye, and these hot dogs. We only ordered a pack of six, but this is a pack of 20. That's a lot of hot dogs. The moment of truth and the most important question, how much did we pay for each order? 
Even with the substitutions, Walmart came in the lowest at 58.33. Amazon Fresh, which gave us exactly what we ordered, came in slightly higher at 65.14. The most expensive, Whole Foods, 77.84. The totals each included a $5 tip. Walmart Plus versus Amazon Prime. From a delivery standpoint, for us, no major issues. But when it comes to variety and price, shoppers will see a difference. While the rest of America was distracted with the presidential debate this week between Trump and Biden, the LGBTQ community was weighing in on the debate with dramatic consequences. Walmart Plus went to war with Amazon Prime. Amazon has become the most successful corporation on the planet in the year of COVID-19, but box store giant Walmart is not going down without a fight. This week, they announced their own online and delivery service called Walmart Plus. Their delivery is designed to compete with Amazon Prime, especially in free delivery platform through annual membership. Amazon has the largest subscription service for delivery in the world, and now Walmart Plus plans to compete. Can't you just hear a giddy LGBTQ community? Speaking of giddy, what do you think, Joe? It's the largest news story we've had in a while, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, Whole Foods is always going to be a little bit more expensive. It's for the more bougie of us out there. Um, but uh, I don't know. I try not to give Bezos any more of my money anyway at this point. So maybe Walmart Plus for me. Who knows? Yeah. So uh, instead of Bezos, you're okay with uh, Waltons? And I'll just go to Publix. <laughs> I'm not doing delivery right now. Okay. Well, I think it's an interesting story because I welcome uh, Walmart doing it. Uh, I, I do not shop at Walmart. I rarely ever walk into a Walmart. Um, I'm not a super fan of Chinese goods. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, our entire lives have changed in 2020. Mm -hmm. And we are online in terms of our delivery, our foods, everything. And so having a major competitor keeps Amazon, uh, Amazon Prime uh, uh, real and competitive. So I welcome it. I have a Prime membership. Um, that being said, I normally use Instacart for food because I can get public subs delivered to my house. And if you're not from Florida, you're missing out. Um, that also being said, Amazon Prime has the movies and stuff. So they're, Walmart's going to have a tough time competing. All right. And not a single millennial joke. Both of you. Did you hear? <laughs> not a single millennial joke. Hey, millennials have feelings too, okay? Um, and now to queer up the USA. Swing state voters overwhelmingly support LGBTQ equality in new polls. Uh, a new poll from the Human Rights Campaign shows strong support for the LGBTQ plus community equality in battleground states ahead of the 2020 election. With just 33 days until voters cast ballots in the presidential race, HRC found that voters in five key swing states, Arizona, Florida, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, showed overwhelming support for transgender rights. At least nine in 10 of the respondents in the all five states said trans patients should have access to the ability to affirming medical care, while around eight in 10 claimed that the community should be able to live freely and openly according to their gender identity. A full 93% in Florida agreed with the, live freely, with the live freely and openly question. The results of the survey demonstrates that the conservative religious organizations that are trying to demonize Joe Biden and other candidates for support of equality issues as being extreme and unpopular with voters is false and likely a waste of time. Hmm, interesting story. We are next going to queer up religion in reporting a gay teen musician ousted from church gets a flood of supportive letters. 
An eighth grade member of an Omaha, Nebraska church's music group and who played at weekly services was told to leave his place of worship after leaders found out he was wearing pride gear, the gay teen told a local television uh, station in Omaha. He said, quote, they told me since I'm a leader, they wouldn't want me promoting things that they were against. Gabriel's mother, Colleen, posted about her son's experience on Facebook, saying it only took a matter of hours and it got really big really fast, she said. And the reaction was overwhelmingly positive, according to his mother. The organization Drag Queen Story Hour Nebraska posted on Facebook asking for cards of support for Gabriel, saying, quote, let's shower Gabriel with love. Let's let Gabriel know that he is loved from far and wide. Let's let him know it does get better and that he is not alone. Let's flood his house with all cards and letters we can muster. The result? Thousands of letters and posts started pouring in from a diverse community, including LGBTQ, straight, and even religious supporters. Next Queer Up Business. Owner of queer publications, The Advocate and Out, breaks pledge to stop donating to anti-LGBTQ Republicans. Adam Levin is the owner of Areva Capital, the parent company of Pride Media. Pride Media represents many LGBTQ media brands, including The Advocate, Out, Pride.com, and Plus. In 2018, it was revealed that Levin had a history of donating to anti-LGBTQ Republican politicians like Josh Mandel, Dean Heller, and Devin Nunes, who all opposed marriage equality and voted against anti-discrimination protections for the LGBTQ community. Levin also donated to Dana Rohrbacher, who said it was fine to refuse to sell houses to LGBTQ people. Nathan Coyle, who was CEO of Pride Media at the time, told Queerty in 2018 that Levin's donations were related to the politicians' pro-Israel or pro-cannabis policies, but pledged that donations to anti-LGBTQ candidates would not happen again. Coyle said, quote, Levin's donations to anti-LGBTQ Republicans will not continue. However, just two years later, it seems Levin has already broken this pledge. According to Open Secrets, in June this year, the straight owner of Pride Media donated $2,800 each to two anti-LGBTQ Republicans. Tom Tillis in North Carolina and Steve Daines in Montana are both incumbent Republican senators who have extensive anti-LGBTQ records, according to LGBTQ Nation. In 2012, Tillis supported Amendment 1 in North Carolina, which bans same-sex marriage, and as Speaker of the North Carolina House, he promised to push back against federal legislation of marriage equality. In 2017, Tillis was asked about his opinion on the anti-trans bathroom bill. He insisted that he was against extremes on both sides. He also co-sponsored the First Amendment Defense Act, a bill that would block the federal government from enforcing anti-LGBTQ protections or civil rights laws in cases where people acted based on a sincerely held religious belief in marriage. Danes has an equally terrible record on LGBTQ issues. And now to Queer Up the Vote 2020. Trump-Biden debate moderator stated, quote, I never dreamt it would go off tracks like it did. 
Chris Wallace, the Fox News journalist who acted as moderator during Tuesday's chaotic U.S. presidential debate between Donald Trump and Joe Biden, has spoken for the first time about the experience, saying, quote, I never dreamt that it would go off the tracks the way it did. At the start of the evening, when Trump first started speaking directly at Biden, Wallace recalled thinking, quote, this was great. This is a debate. But it soon transpired that Trump's plan was to attempt to steamroll Biden with constant hectoring interruptions. Wallace, who has received worldwide criticism for his contribution to the debate, said, I guess I didn't realize, and there was no way you could, hindsight being 2020, that this was going to be the president's strategy, not just for the beginning of the debate, but the entire debate. Wallace said that as he told the two candidates, the country would be better served if we allowed both people to speak with fewer interruptions. He said throughout the debate, he felt desperation. Chris Wallace, so did the LGBTQ community and the rest of America. Desperation. That is the truth. Next, we queer up entertainment in reporting this friend's main character was supposed to be gay. One of the main characters of the hit 90s TV show Friends was reportedly supposed to be gay. The sitcom, which jump-started the careers of Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox, Lisa Kudrow, Matt LeBlanc, Matthew Perry, and David Schwimmer, almost featured which of what would have been a groundbreaking LGBTQ plus character. However, the Friends producers originally intended the character of Chandler Bing, played by Perry, to be gay. The plot was cut for unknown reasons, but it certainly would have been a groundbreaking moment for gay representation, considering how big of a hit the show became. The show has been criticized in the decades since its premiere for its problematic portrayal of LGBTQ plus characters, specifically its handling of Ross's lesbian ex-wife and Chandler's transgendered mom. There was a running gag throughout the entire series of people assuming Chandler is gay, but the idea makes him uncomfortable and it is just played for laughs. Hmm. I wish they would have done that. Hmm. Next, let's catch up on all the news surrounding COVID-19 with our quarantine quickies. The first story tonight is our daily reporting of the coronavirus facts especially important to the LGBTQ community. We report on coronavirus case numbers first, based on the standard acceptance of 7% of population of the LGBTQ community. The world's LGBTQ COVID-19 cases stand at 2,407,224, while America's LGBTQ COVID-19 cases stand at 523,422. We remind you that America is ground zero of the pandemic. The USA is just 4.4% of the world's population, and today America is 21.7% of the world's cases. Next, we report on coronavirus deaths. The world's LGBTQ COVID-19 deaths stand at 70,665, while America's LGBTQ COVID-19 deaths stand at a staggering 14,860. The USA is 20.8% of all of the deaths on this planet. Quarantine quickies. Sweden may be America's model. Open, no masks, except the consequences. Watch this. Oh. 
Take a look at this. Not a face mask in sight. The government doesn't recommend them. And Swedes follow expert advice. I would say in Sweden we have had the government and the experts have been really unified in their message. You haven't had that in the US. When the world locked down, Sweden stayed open. Now some of the countries who had the toughest lockdowns, like Spain, are having a deadly second wave. Sweden is not. Or at least not yet. It's empty. It's empty. In Sweden's biggest hospital, the intensive care unit, overwhelmed in the spring, is deserted. Sweden may be the path for what's next, for America's next steps in fighting the war on COVID-19. Sweden has done better than the rest of the European Union nations because they face the coronavirus more aggressively than their neighbors. Sweden endorsed a herd immunity strategy of pushing the infection faster by having shorter and more selective social isolation lockdowns and other measures that are just now being pushed by many Republican governors and even President Trump. Today, Sweden seems to show that their decisions have been beneficial. Masks are rare in the capital of Stockholm, and social isolation is not nearly what we're seeing in much of America. The next questions will be if a second wave hits Sweden and, frankly, America. Interestingly enough, I mean, do we, I don't think that we have on here um, the percentage of people who have already been infected with coronavirus in that country. To actually achieve herd immunity, you need approximately 70% of the population to have already been infected and to have antibodies that actually confer immunity. Um, and that's not even known at this point. The antibody testing that we have is not the sort that is known to confer immunity. You know, Joe, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, you work in Dr. Howard Grossman's office. Uh, you're a physician assistant. Um, you work uh, in COVID testing and results almost on a daily basis, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. yes. I, I'm curious, when you saw that video in the, and like the subway in Stockholm, did it surprise you to see, uh, did, was there any reaction that you had in seeing that? Uh, visceral would be <laughs> the correct word to use. Um, uh, I almost reached for mine, even though I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, uh, it, it, I don't think that they're, I, I read up on Sweden recently. I did not recall that they have been anywhere near reaching anything close to herd immunity at this time. They likely have a much more robust healthcare system than our broken system that we have here in the United States, which is designed to make money and not treat to prevent disease. Yes, they, they do have a significantly higher number of hospitals per resident than we do here in the U.S. And people forget, the U.S. is ranked something like number 36 in the world for healthcare. We're not very high up on the list. We don't have a great system, where Sweden ranks much, much higher. Well, we're going to have to look closer at it for sure. And now another quarantine quickie. Studies find single largest driver of coronavirus misinformation from Trump. Watch this. Comprehensive study on the spread of misinformation during the coronavirus pandemic is out, and it finds the single biggest propagator of lies is one person, the president of the United States. Researchers from Cornell University analyzed nearly 38 million English language media articles from January through to May. And there were more than a million articles that they were looking at that contained misinformation. And the main source of these conspiracy theories and falsehoods they found was Trump. The flood of misinformation so large that researchers are calling it an infodemic. Of the flood of misinformation, conspiracy theories, and falsehoods seeding the internet on the coronavirus, one common thread stands out. President Trump. That is the conclusion of researchers at Cornell University who analyzed 38 million articles about the pandemic 
in the English language media around the world. Mentions of Mr. Trump made up nearly 38% of the overall misinformation conversation, making the president the largest driver of the infodemic. Falsehoods involving the pandemic. The study to be released today is the first comprehensive examination of the coronavirus misinformation in traditional and online media. Sarah Evanega, director of the Cornell Alliance for, the, for Science, said the biggest surprise was that the President of the United States was the single largest driver of misinformation around COVID. That's concerning in that there are real-world dire health implications." End quote. The study concludes that the misinformation will have a dramatic effect on the U.S. decisions to open, manage the pandemic, and most importantly, whether Americans will follow instructions or just accept the consequences of COVID-19. Well, you know, when I, when I read this uh, study result this morning, uh, my first thought was, there's no surprise here. Uh, at Q News tonight, we reported COVID for the first time on January 8th. Mm. And we have likely reported on COVID. I know we've reported on COVID every single um, evening news show since. So it was not a surprise that Donald Trump was nearly 40% of all of the misinformation in the English speaking world. I think the other thing that's very important about this study is the literal horse has gotten out of the burning barn. So our only question I think now is, uh, unless something dramatic happens from the election, we're just going to accept where we are at and accept the consequences of where we're at because of the misinformation that came from the president. Wait, you guys aren't injecting Lysol and taking hydroxychloroquine? <laughs> Not right now, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, stop that treatment. <laughs> <laughs> Got an IV hooked up over there. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting, though, uh, that it's not just misinformation, it's also disinformation that we're looking at here as well. This man knew about this information far earlier, and he simply chose not to share it with the American people to avoid unnecessary panic. Yes, absolutely true. Uh, final story tonight in Quarantine Quickies, it's a scoop. CDC director is overruled on the cruise ship ban announcement of today. Today, the CDC announced that the no-sail order on passenger cruise ships will expire October 31st. However, that was not the COVID-19 recommendation originally thought to be the case. Rather, the no-sail order would be extended into the spring of 2021. Robert Redfield, the director of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, was overruled uh, when he was pushed to extend a no-sail order on passenger cruises into the next year, according to two separate sources with direct knowledge of the conversation today in the White House Situation Room. This matters because cruise ships were the sites of some of the most severe early coronavirus outbreaks before the industry shut down in March. And cruise ships' immediate future is just the latest disagreement between Redfield, the CDC, and members of the President's Trump, or President Trump's team. Happening Out Television Network, including Queer News Tonight, will sponsor the National LGBTQ Vote 2020 debate and smackdown on Friday, October 16th at 7.30 p.m. live. Watch this.
The debate will feature some of the greatest LGBTQ conservative voices in America from hashtag walkaway and Americans for Trump, including founder Brandon Strzok. They will debate the Vote 2020 issues with liberal hosts from Gay Town Hall. You can participate in person at the event being held in the gayest place on planet Earth here in South Florida, or you can participate in the event live virtually. It'll be an outstanding opportunity to make the decision for November 3rd. The National LGBTQ Vote 2020 Debate and Smackdown will be moderated by Queer News Tonight anchor Al Ferguson. Well, it's an exciting uh, moment uh, for us. Um, big times. The debate uh, this week proves how important it is. Uh, the story that we've just done about the president's embracement of the Proud Boys, you can count on, is going to be front and center in the debate on October 16th. Brandon Strzok and, and all of the conservative participants and the liberal uh, participants are going to have to discuss uh, the president's viability for the LGBTQ community if he is defeated or if he's elected for the next four years. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited about it. Um, it'll be interesting to see the viewpoints of everyone. Like, uh, I can't wait to see Taisha and Brandon go at it because I know they're both very passionate. <laughs> Definitely sounds like a heated debate. It's going to be heated. Uh, tonight we celebrate the art of drag as we move on, as well as the artists behind the characters. We hope you enjoy this photo essay that's been prepared by Queer News tonight of photos that Blake Morrow has taken of beautiful drag queens and the boys under the makeup. Watch this. Queer News Tonight presents Nine Photos of Dual Drag Perfection by photographer Blake Morrow. Love Yourself is a photo series of drag artists interacting with themselves in and out of their stage personas. I created Love Yourself inspired by the art of drag as well as the passion and hard work drag performers put into their acts. Number 9. Drag Persona, Priyanka, Mark Suki. I want the audience to feel like I'm their best friend because I am. Number 8. Drag Persona, Vicky Licks. DJ. Drag is for everybody, and everybody. Throw others preconceived notions of what a woman or man's body should look like out the door. Number 7. Drag Persona, Hillary Yass. Matthew. I pretend to be a woman because I have a hard time caring about what men have to say anymore. Number 6. Drag Persona. Naomi Leone. Victor. Drag allows me to express my authentic self. Coming to Canada as a refugee, I'm proud of myself as I continue to tell my story and inspire others to dream big and encourage them to tell their story with self-love. Number 5. Drag Persona, Human Trash. Breton. Breton identifies as trans mask, non-binary. They are a drag king. When I'm painting my face, it's so fun to watch that dude slowly taking shape. And then, bam, there's a whole other person. Number 4. Drag Persona, Miss Moso. Adam Moko. Drag changed my life. It gave me confidence in ways I didn't think I had in me. Number 3. Drag Persona, Tanomi Banks. Sheldon. It's okay to make mistakes in drag. It's the only way to learn, grow and connect. Number 2. Drag Persona, Priyanka. Marsuki. I want to help the crowd watching me escape into a world where they can dance their troubles away. And number 1. Drag Persona, Selena Vile. Nikki. The beautiful thing about drag is that there are no rules. I found drag at a time when I had lost myself. 
Creating Selena on my own terms helped me rediscover who I am as a human being. This has been 9 Photos of Dual Drag Perfection, by photographer Blake Morrow. Presented by Queer News Tonight. What did you think? Share your thoughts in the live comment thread. And don't forget to like and subscribe. That was great. Uh, also tonight at Happening Out Television Network, we are broadcasting on our brand new set in partnership with the Sunshine Cathedral. This is the world's largest queer church located here in Fort Lauderdale in Wilton Manors, Florida. We always joke, and you can see it with these millennials surrounding me, this is the gayest place on planet Earth. Any any arguments, uh, Joe? I, I, yes, this is it. <laughs> Welcome. All right, exactly. Our support of their Sunday celebration is the largest LGBTQ religious broadcast in the world every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern, and it is completely live. We encourage you to tune in. Sunshine Cathedral is my queer church. Watch this. I'm Dr. Howard Grossman. I'm the medical director for Midway Specialty Care in Wilton Manors, and I'm the medical advisor for Queer News Tonight. And Sunshine Cathedral is my queer church. Uh, Joe, did you recognize him? Uh, Hi, Howard. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> that's my boss. Uh, that's right. Uh, we'd like to thank our set designer, Concepto Modern Living, here in Fort Lauderdale for making this set in this amazing queer church campus possible. All right, we're at the end of the show. Tonight's broadcast ends with the big finish. These are short story mentions of LGBTQ news or news with a gay perspective. So here we go. First on Queer News Tonight's The Big Finish. Afraid of Trump? Dozens of countries want LGBTQ Americans to become citizens. And here I thought I was going to have to find an old sugar daddy to flee the country with. <laughs> David, I, you and I know it's just never going to happen. I said, sugar dad. Do I still have options? Old. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Do I still have options? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> All right. And uh, the, actually, this is a growing joke. In COVID and what's happened in 2020 of COVID and the president of the United States, there's like 50 countries now that are offering different deals to get you to become a citizen of their country. Uh, and especially because you're in remote uh, work environments, what difference does it make if you're working uh, as a, a physician assistant uh, on the beaches in Barbados? What difference does it I'd rather do Belize because they speak English there and I'm terrible at other Barbados, languages. they speak English too. That's true. All right, so next in the big finish, the Grand Old Opry turns 95. I'm going to hear age jokes here. <laughs> Beer, rednecks, and banjos. How does the LGBTQ community react? Well, you know, speaking of old, one of my favorite people who's been around forever is Dolly Parton. And yes. I've seen some of her performances there televised. And yeah, I, I grew up country. 
Joe, you ever been to the Grand Old Opry? I have never been to the Grand Old Opry, but I would love to go there and Dollywood. So. <laughs> I love Dolly Parton too. You, you know, Joe, I, I am, uh, I am infamous uh, at it's happening out for mic drops. I've been to Dollywood. I've ridden in Dolly Parton's parade in the spring when she kicks off the parade in, mm -hmm. in, uh, for opening. in Pigeon Forge. Mm -hmm. I've been to the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, which was the original Grand Old Opry. And I have been to the Country Music Awards twice, where I watched Dolly and Reba McIntyre uh, do her famous song, Fancy. And Al won the award for biggest hair. <laughs> Way to just rub it in. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, the big finish. European court rules. Wait, what? Subway's bread doesn't fit the statutory definition of bread? Let's face it, Subway barely fits the statutory definition of food. Mm. <laughs> Move to Florida, eat public subs. Pub sub. <laughs> Joe, you like Subway? Uh, no. no. <laughs> I'm a born and bred Floridian. I love my pub subs like any other born and bred yeah. Floridian. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as somebody that's going to call uh, David Hopkins out, I have bought David Hopkins many a Subway sandwich. Uh, yeah, because if it's free, it's for me. <laughs> 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 okay, I eat the veggie sub, and the bread seems okay to me, but you know, those snobby Europeans and the French. Uh, the big finish. Republicans honor RBG, isn't this great news, with selling, wait, a notorious ACB t-shirts to support Amy Coney Barrett? Wait, what? what's going on here? And next week we're up trash. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it, all I gotta say. Oh, uh, just oh just, no, that's it. That, I just mm -mm. don't you, dishonor RBG like that. You you know you've lost the Supreme Court, right? Oh. Uh, you've lost the Supreme Court. It's over. It's done. Uh, We've lost our minds too. Yeah, we, exactly. We're about to lose the country. All right, get out and vote, November third. Get out and vote. The big finish. Uh, and I'm kind of looking in one direction, and then I'm looking in the other direction. LGBT geeks. We mean, uh, oh, I'm sorry, science lovers. S they're going to celebrate Astronomy Week 2020. You know, speaking of, tonight is the full moon. The next full moon is a blue moon on Halloween. Mm -hmm. And tonight, if you look up at the full moon, just the lower left-hand corner, you'll see Mars. Oh, wow. I'd rather see Uranus. <laughs> That's for later, David. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Let's pause there for a moment. All right. We were all at Sawmill this weekend, by the way. Yes. All three of us. Uh, wonderful. Uh, come, in, come up and visit Sawmill and watch the stars, among yeah. other things. Thankfully, I was the only person <laughs> with clothes on. <laughs> the big finish. Obama is going to get one vote at a time and win this election. He gives out his phone number and asks, send me a text. Oh, that's text with a T? Oh, sorry about those pictures. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> You planning to vote, uh, Joe? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I will crawl over broken glass covered in COVID to vote. Oh, you're <laughs> covered in COVID. All right. Well, um, Obama, gosh, I hope you can pull us through. We need 1.8%. That's what I predict. The election's going to come down to 1.8%. Mm. Well, that is today's news for the LGBTQ community on the world's first daily LGBTQ evening news show. Remember, if it's important to the LGBTQ community, it's important to Queer News Tonight. But you must help. Uh, click, click subscribe on YouTube and share this news. 
We are literally out of the closet and into the headlines. This is the only source of live LGBTQ news in the entire world. Your community really does need your support. And like Gabriel, the musician from our story earlier, you're not alone, and we'll get through this crisis. We are here with you, and this is Queer News Tonight. So thank you, America, for joining us. I'm Al Ferguson, and on behalf of David Hopkins and Joe Tohar. Uh, Joe, first time you've done this, you did a great job. Medical expert and now broadcasting expert in the mm -hmm. LGBT community. Thank you for joining us tonight. We are going to see all of you, America, daily at 7 p.m. Good night, America. Good night. Good night.